0: No one cares about women's sports. Yeah, right. Just ask the more than one point two million New Zealanders who tuned in to watch the Black Ferns win the Rugby World Cup on Saturday night. Just ask this guy.
1: The World Cup captured people's imagination, the girls, the way they've been playing, have captured the hearts of New Zealanders.
0: Yep, that's former All Blacks coach Sir Steve Hansen, we chat to him shortly. Plus all the wash up from the weekend including the football ferns and how we are riding the wave of women's sport. Kia ora Aotearoa. I'm Zoe George and this is The Podium, sports news but not as you know it from staff. Blackfearn's assistant coach Whitney Hanson helped lead the team to their sixth World Cup title on Saturday night at Eden Park in front of a record crowd with a 34-31 win over England. Rugby is in Hanson's blood. Just ask her dad, Sir Steve Hanson, former All Blacks coach. We'll talk about this morning's All Blacks game against Scotland shortly. But first, kia ora Steve. Welcome to the podium. Uh, have you recovered yet from Saturday night?
1: Oh, just. Just, <laughs> yeah. Good night, wasn't it? I know.
0: What, what advice did you give to Whitney before the game?
1: Oh, just to enjoy it. Um, it's a special moment in her career and... Uh, you know, the outcome will look after itself. You've done all the work during the week, so, yeah, just enjoy the occasion.
0: Yeah, and what emotions were going on for you during and after that game?
1: Um, oh, all of them were based around being a father, really. I mean, you're yeah, really proud of uh, what Wits has achieved and, and happy for Smithy and the rest of the crew, Conno and Kid and et cetera and, you know, all the management. You, you know there's a lot of work gone into it, but, you know, just really, really proud of Wits and, and happy for the girls.
0: My heart was in my mouth the entire game. And <laughs> a sold out Eden Park it was just amazing.
1: Yeah well if anyone had said that you know a woman's rugby would have sold Eden Park out uh, like it had um, you know 20 years ago everyone would have said you're crazy but that's where the game's gone and you know the world cup got captured people's imagination the girls the way they've been playing have captured uh, the hearts of New Zealanders, and you know, there's an organic feel about women's rugby that has uh, now moved on from the men's game, and you know, mums and dads and the crowds are different, and the expectations are different, and and that allows everybody to just be themselves without you know f- fear of criticism. Yeah,
0: that was one of the things, right? The authenticity of the players, you could feel it. <laughs>
1: Well, you ha- you can feel it all the time, and and that's the one of the lovely things about the women's game. It hasn't been tarred by expectation and 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 scrutiny like the men's game has. Mm-hmm. And that you know that's tradition. It's years and years of the All Blacks being successful, and we have this massive expectations now that they they win it when we go and watch the game. Your hearts in your mouth from woe to go. Because you want, you know, you want them to win, and you expect them to win. Whereas the girls, you're just going there for the occasion, and whilst you still want them to win, um, it, that same expectation's not there. So, and that same scrutiny's not there. So they get to relax and be themselves. None of them have have you know got their walls up because they've never been punished by you know, for having them down and, and being themselves. And uh, you know, it's it's a it's a big difference between the two games, and long may last for them. You know, mm. like. It's it's, uh, it's something that the administrators of our game worldwide have to look after because it's it's you know it's the old traditional way of rugby.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, what does New Zealand rugby, for example, need to do to capitalise on this momentum now?
1: Oh, I guess they've got to make sure they they don't um, overload the woman and they don't um, not support them. So you know it's a catch twenty two situation for them. I guess, but now obviously more sponsors will will want to come on board. So the commercial department might be able to. You know, it's a twofold thing, I think. Now they'll, they'll be able to go out and get more money for them, and if they get more money, they can spend more money. And you know, but I find a lot of the time, everybody um, uh, compete is it's a competition between the men and the woman, and you know during my time with the men, the men had massive amount of respect and and uh, and support for the woman. and it's not really a competition between those two groups. It's just you know two different um, teams who who play the same sport who are um, at a different time in their history and their traditions and and um, but you know the whole country is supporting them and as as well as your blacks really support them so, I think now New Zealand Rugby Union has to make sure they keep um, good coaching going on around uh, the whole country. For there'll be a lot of opportunities for girls who want to come and play after this, and and young boys will want to come you know they'll watch it too and be excited by it, and hopefully they come back to the game and play. So we have to be ready for that, and um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure they'll well, hopefully they'll have a think tank going on, and and uh, what can we do to maximise you know what we've just had, and it's been pretty special. Mm.
0: Well, uh, Wayne Smith is now stepping aside as Black Ferns coach, so could it be a Hanson-Hanson coaching double act?
1: Uh, no, well, I never say never, but no, um, I've done my coaching trip, and uh, it's time for other people to do that. But I'll be always be there to help and support whoever's doing the job, and um, you know, it's it's really important. The next, I think, the next. Um, Coaching group to come in because they've, they've got a lot of uh, work to do to continue building the team. And like, I don't think this team's reached its potential yet. Um, they've, they've found a way to play, and I think they can add to that. And you um, become even harder, you know, team to, to play against. So, you um, know, England use them all effectively, as mm. did we actually. I mean, six tries bugs me the all, but anyway we won't go
0: there. <laughs> oh come on, we can. I mean England they had to defend the fact that they've been using the all the entire tournament. It wasn't we it's exactly what we were expecting, but every line out pretty much in their twenty two, I think all the Black Ferns fans just kind of held on to their tongue because it was just mm. Yeah, you know? And that's all well, the they
1: said. Six tries scored in in, a, in the final of a world tournament through showing into the line out of mauling tells you that it's too easy to do it. Mm. It's very hard to defend them and uh, you know, we scored two ourselves. So, um, look, you can't blame England for doing it and you can't blame New Zealand for doing the two they did, but mm. I think they need to change the rules a little bit. But anyway, that's another day's story.
0: <laughs> they need to change the rules. Okay, I think we definitely need to have another conversation about this uh, in the future. Did you get up and watch the All Blacks Scotland game this morning?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Thirty-one <laughs> twenty-three—a late surge by the All Blacks enabled them to avoid an embarrassing defeat against a side that's never beaten them. Were you surprised by that scoreline?
1: No, not at all. I think if you go back and have a look at, you know, probably the last four or five times we've played them, uh, they've been tremendous battles. And uh, Scotland are no longer just Scotland. Uh, Scotland have, you know, bought players who have Scottish heritage. Um, from all over the world. They've got stronger. uh, They've risen the bar. They've beaten a lot of teams, other teams around the world, and they're hard-side to play in Murrayfield. And, um, you know, we always have used that game to give people an opportunity, and that's the only way we can develop our players is take that risk. And, you know, Fozzie was brave enough to do that again last night. And, you know, the All Blacks, whilst you said, you know, an embarrassing loss, they didn't lose, like, in I found listening to the commentators mm-hmm. last night a disgrace. You know, the, the, the way they were talking about the players and the game. In the end, I turned it off and just watched it in silence because, you know, at the beginning when we scored, you know, we're fourteen nil up or whatever it was, and you know everyone's playing like champions. And then, you know, they're into them, and and this is what I'm saying about the difference between the two games. This just wouldn't happen in a women's game, and. And we've lost our way a bit in the men's game when it comes to how we watch it and commentate on it. And you know, if we could, we could change some of that. It would be great because we all take the lead off the people who we are giving the messages. And unfortunately, um, you know, it's an 80-minute game for Scotland, and and they couldn't last the distance. Mm. The All Blacks showed a lot of composure, I thought, to come back. And and yeah, it was a tight game. It was always going to be with the, all the changes they made, but. That's Scotland's very best team. It's not the All Blacks very best team, but as I said, you have to take the opportunity to play some of your lesser experienced guys so they can get some of that experience. And they did that and they come out and won the game. And, you know, I read this morning that England are going to beat us and I keep I, I keep hoping to myself that everybody in England keeps saying that. Cause...
0: Yeah, it was it Eddie Jones who came out. By the way, did I hear a cat in the background just before? <laughs>
1: You did, yeah.
0: Oh, what's its A name? Shadow. Shadow.
1: Shadow. Yeah, he's seventeen years old. So.
0: Oh, yeah, we love cats on the podcast. Um, oh, it's yeah. my favourite. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it back to rugby briefly. Eddie Jones, um, you know, former, well, he still is an international. You know coach uh, has said that England will, will beat the All Blacks at Twickenham which is just an, an incredible venue though.
1: Uh, I don't
0: know can they? Well Do you
1: know? I don't know if Eddie said it but I know the guy Brown the former fullback definitely said it but Eddie will be he'll be pumping up the, the media this week and he's, a, he's an expert at it and uh, <laughs> yeah, we have fun in games and you know that's part of the game mm-hmm. uh, for Eddie and, and some of the other coaches and um yeah you don't want to take too much notice of of that but yeah he's a wonderful coach you'll have them primed and ready to go and uh what a place to play you know twickenham is a wonderful stadium and wonderful place to play so looking forward to watching them play
0: amazing um i think i need a cup of tea and a lie down to be quite honest after all the rugby that i've experienced in the last 48 hours or so
1: (laughs) yeah well you know it's been a great weekend Black Ferns World Cup tick, All Blacks win on weekend tick, so what more can the ask for? Tasha and I really enjoyed spending some time with Whitney and her sister Jess and, and uh, you know, it was just wonderful to be able to share the occasion and um, it was her moment, her time and sitting there uh, during the night, just watching everybody being so happy with what they'd achieved. It was wonderful.
0: It, it really was wonderful. It was so beautiful. I was talking to some of the players' dads and stuff as well. And to see fathers support their daughters in this way is incredibly moving and incredibly important. So,
1: um, yeah, well, it's, a, it's another wonderful thing about the women's game is that, you know, these men with, who have got can't show any emotion to their sons because that's not what we do in New Zealand. Uh, wrongly, by the way, but we don't seem to be able to do it as well. Certainly have a free licence to be able to do it with their daughters. and Isn't it wonderful? You know, it's another wonderful part of the women's game, I think, just to see mums and dads be so emotional and and, um, enjoy the moment with their children.
0: That was a lovely ending note. Um, Thanks so much. We'll talk again soon.
1: Righto, Zoe. See ya.
0: The football ferns were back in action on Saturday afternoon with the first game on home soil for more than four years. I spoke to former football fern and team heroine founder Rebecca Snowden via Zoom. Although it was a friendly, you know, we need to start winning these games. We're less than a year out to the Women's World Cup on home soil. And if we have any chance of beating our pool mate Switzerland, which is going to be the big game to beat, we need to start getting draws, wins. And it's a huge week for uh, Phoenix women who have their first ever home game. I cannot wait. I mean, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? The Phoenix women as a whole and then the home game. So, you know, I really hope Wellingtonians get out and support them. No doubt they will. They've got a great crowd. But, um, you know, great to see a few new recruits to that team with the likes of Betsy Hassett. So, that's going to just help build that cohesion within the New Zealand team towards the FIFA Women's World Cup next year. And in other football news, the Phoenix men were unable to secure their second home win of the season, beaten by Western United 3-2 at Sky Stadium yesterday. And as Rebecca and I talked about, the Phoenix women have their first ever home game this Sunday, November 20th, for the match against Melbourne City, the top team in the league at Sky Stadium. Ticket sales are steady for the weekend's match, with a crowd of about 8,000 8, expected. All kids' tickets are free, while adults' tickets are two for one. I'll be there, would love to see you. Coach Natalie Lawrence hopes fans get in behind the team and help make history with a
3: record crowd. Look at this stadium. If we do a day like today, we're going to be great. But um, to get 10,000 or more or beat the record, to have fans like we had maybe six or seven fans last year and they were incredible and they did big drumming and like they were so loud. But imagine. Like the players' parents and the players' families and the players' friends being able to watch what they do and watch them do it so well and watch them with pride—it's just going to give us that extra 10% that, like we, you know, we may need in that 80th minute. Like we're playing against City, they're a top side, and just to bring the team home and to be able to play here in front of fans, old and new, like it's going to be. It's going to be massive and like everyone just get down here. It's going to be an unbelievable experience. Once in a lifetime, it's history. It will never happen again.
0: Is there also a little bit of a sense of responsibility of whetting the appetite for, for Kiwi football
3: fans and Kiwi sports fans as well ahead of the World Cup? I think so, I think that's kind of happening with other sports, um, like you look at the Rugby World Cup, um, like the Black Ferns are household names, they're like I was listening to the radio this morning and uh, they're going to training and they've got fans like around their, um, their coach trying to, like their bus taking them to training and it's just showing that women's sport is good, it's fun, it's competitive, it's technical, it's tactical, it's fun to watch. Um, Everyone's professional, everyone works really hard. And looking ahead to next season, or to the World Cup, sorry, the games that we have here in Wellington, like the rematch of the World Cup final, the game that New Zealand against the Philippines, like it's never been a better time to be a lover of sport in New Zealand. And I think that getting behind the girls is step one of that.
0: Here's what else is making headlines, Jessica Green has won the New Zealand Women's Amateur Golf Championship, her maiden national title at Otago Golf Club, while Australia's Jasper Stubbs won the Men's Championship. At the New Zealand Squash Open yesterday, Commonwealth Games star Joel King beat Tenzi Evans from Wales in straight sets to claim the women's title, while Men's World number 1 and Commonwealth Games double gold medalist Paul Cole lost to Englishman Mohamed Al-Shawbagi in the men's final in Tauranga. The players are today on a plane to Singapore for the PSA Gold tournament that starts this week. And in the UFC 281, Israel Adesanya lost the middleweight title to Brazilian Alex Pereira at Madison Square Gardens yesterday, experiencing a technical knockout in the fifth round. It's the third time the New Zealander has lost to Pereira.
4: What's your take on this? Should women and men be paid the same for what they do in sport? No.
3: Very, very simple. Sure no, no, because because the money that you get paid in sport isn't just you know, the fees you get for playing, as you know. It's all in the sponsorship. And that is down to marketability, who's watching, how many people are watching. Take Wimbledon, that's been the big the big row before, before mm. this latest mm. one. Uh, half as many people watch the women's final at Wimbledon than watch the men's final. People are free to choose, they're free to watch. It's on television at the same time, on two different days, both at the weekend, and people choose not to watch it. If people don't want to watch it, you're not going to get the sponsors, you're not going to get the money. Simple as that. What's the market?
0: That's English broadcaster Julia Hartley Brewer. And it's an interesting perspective when you consider the sellout crowd at Eden Park we saw over the weekend. In fact, women in rugby are as Alice Soper's response to the game might be more fitting. Pay them, pay them, develop them. Give us a proper competition. You've seen how many people will turn out at a World Cup. Why wait another 20 years till we host the next one? Sort out Super Rugby o oh Sort out the FPC. Sort out your p-
3: development pathways. Sort out your board. Get women in everywhere because that's the good stuff and you need to be bottling it and getting amongst.
0: The prevailing message after the final was that the needle's been moved in terms of women's rugby. And now we need to see the development to back it up to make sure the momentum continues. Now's the time. And it's not just rugby, it's all sports. When more than 87,000 people packed Wembley for the women's Euros final earlier this year, it was the biggest crowd for a Euros match ever, men's or women's. The movement is here. But both World Rugby Chair Sir Bill Beaumont and CEO Alan Gilpin told me the organisation won't apologise for the historic underinvestment in the women's game, but talked up what the future looks like. Here's Alan Gilpin.
4: No, I don't think it's a case of apologising. I think it's a case of saying there's definitely been underinvestment in the women's game. Um, That is uh, not only something we've got an opportunity to change and be positive about and look for, but also let's understand why. Let's understand the realities of the, of the challenges that's created, you know, in terms of the opportunity we've now got. You know, again, I, I think I said this at the end of, a, of the summit yesterday. You know, what we've tried to do in the last few days and in the last six weeks is not only show the world how amazing women's rugby is, but be really candid about where we are right now and where we're trying to get to. And I think if we're honest about that and, the, and some of the underinvestment that's led us to where we are now is an opportunity to say okay well how do you go about changing that sustainability it's not just about throwing money at it it's about putting the investment in the right places.
0: It'll no doubt be a topic of discussion at the International Work Group for Women in Sports Conference which kicks off today in Auckland bringing together global and local sporting leaders along with this year's Cricket and Rugby World Cups and next year's FIFA Football World Cup it's one of four major women's sports events being hosted at Aotearoa. OWG lead Rachel Froggett ran me through what else is on the agenda.
2: I think there's a couple of big topics. Um, one is the emergence of women into leadership positions, so providing an um, opportunity for women to be at the governance table, at the board table. You know, being able to make decisions, to influence decisions that that international and national sports organisations are making. But not just women. You know, as as a as a single concept, women is in it is multiple different forms. You know, mothers, women of different ethnicities, women of able-bodied and disabled, you know, the more diversity of women at the table, the more of our communities that can be represented. And then in addition to that, there are going to be some of the, the biggest topics in the world around women in sport discussed in quite extensive length. Things like the inclusion of transgender athletes, things about gender identity, you know, things about safeguarding and making sure that women and girls are safe in, in environments of sport. You know, uh, it's, it's going to be quite intense um, and, and, and one of the reasons we have 500 speakers is because they speak in teams of three to four and we did that on purpose so that we have multiple different viewpoints on the same topic so there could be some quite uh, heated discussions which will be great for furthering the movement.
0: We also discussed the greater visibility of women's sport through increased media coverage and just um, with new research released this week or late last week, Sport New Zealand has found that the coverage of women in sport in media is now at 20 25% huge jump from just a couple of years ago when it was 11% what do you make of those stats?
2: Absolutely enormous to have been shifting from around 11% in 2016 to 25% now. It, it, you know, it really is a barometer for the public mood because the consumption of women's sport has changed so dramatically that the the media organisations have had to shift with that. But vice versa, we know these active strategies. You know, Stuff is a really perfect example of this, of really intentionally making positive shifts within the newsroom to make sure that women in sport are, are covered, and I think that. It's amazing and, and the credit should go out to those organisations that are making those those permanent changes.
0: The International Workgroup for Women in Sport is in Auckland until Thursday afternoon. I am going to be there. It's going to be an incredible event. Hi, hey, Producer John O.
4: Hello, Zoe. Uh,
0: I must admit, it's like back-to-back women's... I'm living my best life right now. You,
4: you're fitting <laughs> in ways I've never seen before, so I'm living for this energy.
0: The Rugby World Cup, we had the Cricket World Cup earlier this year. I was at the final of that, um, although New Zealand wasn't there, but it was still exciting. The Rugby World Cup... You know, IWG, FIFA next year, you know, it's amazing.
4: It's an exciting time. And I tell you what, like, I watched the final on Saturday night, and it was such a great vibe to see, A, the crowd at the stadium, and you could feel that energy, like, through the TV. But I watched it with my South African in-laws, and they had never watched a rugby game until that game. Really? Yeah, not a single game, Springboks, whatever, they, they had just never sat through a whole rugby game. And all they kept saying was how skillful the women on field were and how enjoyable the game was to watch because it seemed like everybody was having fun. You know, most importantly, it seemed like as as tense as the competition was between England and the Black Ferns, they were all enjoying themselves, mm. and I think that vibe is really, really infectious, and that's something that a lot of sports teams can learn from, is if you look like you're having fun playing the sport, then we will probably have fun watching the sport.
0: What a game, and um, and good on you, Aotearoa, for backing the Black Ferns and for clicking on the stories and watching the games, and engaging on social media whether or not you like sport it is so beautiful to see let's keep it going and that's it for the podium i'm zoe george and on behalf of our guests this week producer john o. williams and Philippa tully and audio editor connor scott thanks for listening please drop us a line the podium at staff.co.nz we're loving your feedback it's so nice to hear from you we'll see you soon na
2: go well